Lotspeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. As most of you know, uh, coming to the time of the end, the last of the last days, that the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared by the hot arm, forbidding to marry, and abstaining from meats, which God has sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Why? Because many false prophets are entered into the world just as Jesus said it would. Now, how do we try the spirits? And we're talking about the sealing of God's people. On the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited us in Transmara, Kenya, Africa, after preaching to a Maasai tribal church. We were honored to be there and uh, kill Goris. And as we finished the morning service sometime in the afternoon between uh, uh, about 2.30 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we were visited with the Holy Ghost and lasted for about two hours. But the bottom line is the Lord says, Seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Now, that's very serious and a profound statement from the Lord, meaning that we're in the last of the last days. We took that very seriously, and we started the podcast. Now, there's only one ceiling, and that is Christ. Christ, and the revelation of Christ, is the rock in Matthew 16, when uh, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? As he asked his disciples, I, the Son of Man. Well, that's the I am that I am, the I am, but he inserted the Son of Man in between. I, the Son of Man, am. Now, the Son of Man is the kingdom office of the Spirit. It's the Word. It's knowing Him that's from the beginning. It alludes to a full-grown Father, The Father there is the final state of growth in the sealing process of the body of Christ unto saints, called to be saints. We're called to be saints, which means sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body, growing up into Jesus, into him in all things, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. The thing is, is what are the basic sealings? So in this podcast, we will cover the various levels of glory from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and the specific levels according to the seasons of God and where we are right now in the body of Christ in that season. As we start, we're going to see that we are given in Leviticus 23, the Feast of the Lord. Now, the feasts of the Lord are not the feast of Israel. They're not the feast of the church. They are, in truth, feast of the Lord. And the feast of the Lord has three different seasons. The first season is that of Passover. The second season is the the season of weeks, Pentecost. And the final season is Tabernacles. In each of these three moed are divine appointments of God with man that we read about in Leviticus 23. These are God's divine appointments in the seasons of the Feast of the Lord 
<clears throat> where we eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood through these feasts. It is <clears throat> walking in the light as he is in the light. How do we know that we're in truth? How do we know that we're walking in the light as he's in the light in 1 John 1, 7? If we walk in the light as he's in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. Fellowship one with another is blood flow within the body of Christ, which within each member of the body of Christ. And that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Well, if, now there's an if there, if we walk in the light. So it has to do with our volition, our will, <clears throat> in obedience, not our own works. For no man can say that he has done anything but Christ through him. As Paul said, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, where did he get the faith? God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. The faith came from God himself, from our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we can't say that we loved him first and therefore he loved us. No. And while we were yet, while and yet we were sinners, Christ died for us. Not that we first loved him, but that he first loved us. And no man even cometh to Jesus except the Father draw him. So everything is the author and the finisher of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. So no man can boast of any works that he has done. No one can say, I have this and I have grown in faith more than my fellow brothers in Christ. Therefore, it's of the Lord, by the Lord, and through the Lord Jesus Christ alone. But there will be works that accompany salvation. Faith without works is dead being alone. If we have faith, then faith is going to manifest itself. This faith is given to us freely of God. God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Whatever he's called you to do, he's enabled you to do it through the faith that he has given you. Well, the faith is a substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Now, to understand these things, it's a process. It's a line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. There, for those that do not obey God, it works as a snare that they would fall back and be snared. But to us that believe, through the Holy Ghost, it's a power of God unto salvation. To those that believe. Now, the believe, pisteo, is a literal uh, essence of being, a state of being. It, it is not transitive. In other words, we have nothing to do with it. It's stative. It's a state of being that the Lord has, through His grace, given to each of us. And that is only through, by, and in Christ Jesus that we can literally follow Him in obedience unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. 
So as we look at these very basic tenets of faith, we look at the very foundation is all Christ. And that rock, that foundation was given to Peter in Matthew 16. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Then he asked, but who do you say I am? Now that I am is the I am that I am. They knew what he was asking. That is the I am that I am. The Lord is that spirit. Thou being a man, the Messiah, is God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16, which is a mystery of godliness. That God himself was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preaching to the Gentiles. Received up into glory. And that is a mystery. That is now revealed. Nothing hidden. If we seek the Lord with all of our heart. The Son of Man revelation is that kingdom office. It is uh, that he is the head, Jesus himself, and we, each member in the body of Christ, are the body of Christ. He's the head, we the body. The church being his uh, body here, filling heaven and an earth, one man. Jesus the head, we the body of Christ, meaning that we're the feet generation. Heaven's my throne, the earth is my footstool. And therefore, the body of Christ, the ones with the boots on the ground, so to speak, is his feet. Therefore, when we look at the Son of Man, we see it has nothing to do with flesh. We are told that the Son of Man is his his humanity. But we strongly disagree with that according to scriptures. In John 3.13, Jesus stated, No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now there will be another podcast on Elijah and Enoch and where did they go that Jesus has the preeminence in all things and these are not exceptions, but they are. In fact, Jesus said the truth that he has the first begotten from the dead that no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven, John 3.13. So the Son of Man, all judgment is given to the Son of Man because he is the Son of Man, which includes the body of Christ as members of his body, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, the body of Christ that now is in still in the earth That Jesus Christ, his spirit, the spirit of God, is still coming in the flesh. And this is how we try the spirits to see whether they are of God. In 1 John 4, verse 1 through 3, John admonishes the church. and says, hereby try you the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets are entered into the into the land. Not some, many. Jesus said many would come in his name, in the name of Jesus, and deceive many. We find in 2 Thessalonians 2 that it is the Lord himself, God himself, the Lord Jesus, that sends the strong delusion because they had pleasure in unrighteousness. And because of that, 
He sent them strong delusion that they all might be damned, who received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This Son of Man, we see, is the office that God said that all judgments given to the Son of Man because He is the Son of Man. And we see in 1 Corinthians 6 that, what? Know you not that you will judge angels? And Paul goes on and says that you're not, if if you're going to judge angels, how be it that you can't judge the smallest matters in the earth? And the glory that will be revealed in the saints. The ceilings there are very important. The ceiling is dependent upon obedience. Sealing the servants of our God in their foreheads. Not sealing every member in the body of Christ. Only the servants. Only the ones that are obeying the truth. We cannot be a carnal mind and have a carnal mind and expect to be sealed with the sealing of the servants of God in their foreheads. In Revelation 7. We find that through the ceiling there, there's going to be different levels of glory. Faith unto faith. Glory unto glory. So therefore, what steps are there? What is the ceiling? What is the foundation for it? How do we know with certainty that truth of the various levels of the ceiling of the body of Christ? Well, as we go through the Feast of the Lord in these seasons, that God will deal with His people in the various seasons that He has ordained before the foundation of the world. And that is revealed to us in the natural Feast of the Lord in Leviticus 23. Three seasons. Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles which are shadows of things to come. We find in the New Testament that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits, and the first season literally fulfilled in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus paid for it on the cross, and you are complete in him and have need of nothing else. Colossians 2.10. That season of Passover was the Lord himself, Christ our Passover, sacrificed for us. That first feast, first season, the first feast, feast of Passover, at the very time on the 14th day of the first month of Bebe, or Nisan, we're going to have the feast of Passover. On the preparation when they're killing the Passover lamb, a male of the first year, without spot or blemish, keeping him up four days, and then slaying him, roasting him, and then eating all of that that night and keep your shoes on, which is a feat shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace because you're going out in haste in the morning. He will come to us as the morning. All of this, 
literally showing us the seasons that we are in, that we will know the times and the seasons. Now, no man knows the day or the hour of our Lord's coming, just as he stated. But it's given to us to know the times and the seasons, that that day will not overtake us as a thief in the night, for we're children of the day, not children of the night. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1. And Paul said, it's superfluous that I write unto you that you know the times and the seasons that are freely given to us, that we are children of the day, that that will day will not take us as a thief in the night come upon us unawares. We'll know these signs and seasons. So we take that first season, that season of Passover with three feasts, Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and Feast of First Fruits. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Fulfilling that, literally in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel. That is the gospel. Everything that Jesus did sealed it with his own blood, giving his life blood on the cross of Calvary. Paul said, if I glory at all, I glory in the cross. Because the cross did not speak of vengeance. Jesus freely laid down his life. He said, I have power to lay it down. I have power to receive it again. This I've received of my Father. No man taketh my life from me. I freely lay it down. He is our free will burnt offering. Literally, totally burnt up to ashes. Literally everything. His soul made an offering for sin. There Jesus and the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John fulfilled the first three feasts and paid for all feasts of the Lord on that cross. Nothing to be added to it. You can't add anything to the cross and we cannot take anything away from it. The shed blood of Jesus paid it all. And with that paid price of the blood of Jesus Christ is that blood in the New Testament given for you. Now, as we apply this blood, we eat the flesh of the Son of Man. We drink His blood through the feast of the Lord. Not the feast of Israel. Not the feast of the church. But the feast of the Lord. Walking in the present truth of the word, just as Peter said in his epistle, as you be established in the present truth. And he admonished the saints then that after you've suffered for a while, God make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Well, sufferings are there, the cross, not his cross, but our cross. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. That cross that we carry is simply for crucifying our flesh with the affections and the lust. The offering for sin is Jesus only. By his own offering of himself, once and for all, has perfected forever them that are sanctified. The means is there. The Holy Ghost is given. The Spirit of Jesus. Then the Holy Ghost is to lead us and guide us into all truth. Now we know in part in Pentecost. We have knowledge in part. But when that which is perfect has come, 
All that which is in part will be done away with. At that time, we will know even as we are known of him. That is charity. So we add to our faith virtue, not following other spirits as in Baal or Ashtaroth or Molech, but being virtuous to our Lord Jesus Christ. We add to our faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. It doesn't stop there. We add to our knowledge temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things. Temperance, patience. But let patience have a perfect work. How do we get patience? Tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now after patience, then you add godliness. Godliness is a God life. Because God was manifest in the flesh. And at that point, justified in the spirit, in the days of his flesh. Declared to be the son of God through the spirit, by the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1, verse 2 and 3. Then, seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. Now, we receive the spirit of his son, which is the spirit of the father. Only one spirit. Galatians 4, verse 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of Jesus is the Lord, is that spirit. Jesus is the Lord, glorified back to where he was before with the father's own self. Now he said... The days come that you will ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you, John 16. Why? Because the Father loveth me and has given all things unto me. He has sat down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21. Not by the side of it. That's what the place he preferred for the body of Christ, for us, as bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Jesus went back to his former glory. John 17, 5. Revelation 3, 21, glorified by the Father's own self. Literally, even as I overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne, all power in heaven and earth given unto him. So in John 2, Jesus said, destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. Now, no man can raise up his own body except he be God. The Jews said, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and you're going to raise it up in three days? But Jesus spake of the temple of his body, not a, an iron, a physical, literal temple, but a naos, a spiritual temple, his body. Jesus raised his own body because he is God. He's always been the Father, always will be. But he added another office. He added to himself the form of a servant. Philippians 2.6 Made in the likeness of men. Why? To redeem us under the law. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman. Made in under the law. And Adam after the fall. That he might redeem us that were under the law. That love that he had 
It supersedes everything that we can physically in our finite minds perceive that love of God that passes all understanding. Hereby perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. 1 John 3.16 Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. As we look at the sealing process that is now God preparing for his body called to be saints. Saints saints are sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John fulfilling the first three feasts of the Lord. And that is, we find in Leviticus 23, that on that first month, on the 14th day, you will have a wave sheaf with no leaven weighed before the Lord. No leaven means no sin. Sinless, spotless, blameless. The only sinless, spotless, blameless man ever has a lamb sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ. If any man says he has not had sin, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. Therefore, that the way sheathed Jesus literally died on the cross, was buried, three days later, resurrected. That's the death, the Passover, burial, feast of unleavened bread, there declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead, and then resurrection, first begotten from the dead. We have that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospel. Then we come to the book of Acts. Well, the next season is Pentecost. And it'll have one feast in it. That one feast is the Feast of Weeks. That after first fruits, you will number seven weeks. Seven Shivas. And that's seven times 749. And on the morrow, 50, Pentecost, 50 days, then you will offer two wave sheaves with leaven. He speaks of the church. So we have that season that we looked for. And the disciples really thought when Jesus was crucified, they didn't understand the resurrection and then the, the forthcoming and uh, the, the season, that dispensation of grace that should come into us. They didn't understand it, and that's the reason why, even after Jesus was resurrected, after his passion, seen alive as many as 500 at one time for 40 days. There only lacked another 10 days from that first fruits from his resurrection, and there would be this feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks. But Jesus told them, when they asked Jesus point blank before he ascended into heaven, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to give Abrahamic promise right now that Israel will rule all the nations and all the nations of the earth will be blessed in Israel, the national nation Israel. And Jesus said, it's not for you to know that the times and seasons that God has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
and you shall be witnesses unto me. Greek word, mortars. Literally sealing your testimony with your own blood. That kind of faith that you will die for. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Then he said, Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. Well, the promise of the Father is the Spirit. Jesus told him while he was with them in the days of his flesh, talking to his disciples. He said, I will pray the Father to send you another comforter. And many people say, well, how can he be the Father if he's praying to the Father? They don't understand that God made himself of no reputation to work as a man. He made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6, and there's the key to become one of us. He took upon him, he's in the form of spirit, he makes himself of no reputation, takes upon him the form of a servant. Made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man. And being found in fashion as a man humbles himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him. Somebody said, well, it sounds like there's another one there. At least two. And given him a name that is above every name. Jesus exalted above the heavens. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. That's a tetragrammaton, the yod ha He is Jehovah. He is Jehovah Lord God Almighty. He is the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God Almighty, 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He is the Lord. He is Christ, Acts 2, 36. That man that you crucified, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, that same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him, both Lord, not Lord Jr., Lord, and Christ, not Christ Jr., Christ, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you. Christ is the Father. Who's in you? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who is that? Ephesians 4. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who is above all, the Father of us all, and in us all. The Father? Yes. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is the Son of God. Christ is the Son of Man. Christ is all that God is. Every office of the Spirit of God, Christ is. Therefore, when you have that revelation of Christ, which is the sealing, there's no other sealing except Christ. But Christ has to be taught. As you have been, as you have been established in the doctrine of Christ and established in him. And there's a mystery there. That mystery is in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. That a full acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why hide it? 
because it's only going to be revealed to you that have a pure heart when you seek for God with all your heart, not a denomination, not a bishop or an apostle or prophet or whatever, but you seek the Lord with all your heart. He will give you his revelation of who he is. And that's what God is calling the body of Christ to now. And we're going to find it's much deeper than what we find in the nominal churches, of which there's over 34,000, they say, denominations on the face of this earth. But there's only one body, one church, one body, one, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, Ephesians 4. And God's pulling that body out right now, bringing it into one, breaking down denominational barriers for his great name's sake. Not for us, not for any of our righteousness or our holiness, but for his name's sake. God's doing it now. We have to have this revelation of Christ. Most churches do not preach and teach and establish in the doctrine of Christ. Christ is of every literal function of the Spirit, every, every title of the Spirit, Christ is every office of that Spirit. Christ is a Father. Take a look at 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, Antichrist. It's something in lieu of Christ. It's not just, it's not meaning it's, it's got a, a horns and, and a pitchfork and a, and a tail. It literally means that's something in lieu. It's a deception in this real doctrine of Christ. Well, what is it? Well, John tells us right there, 1 John 2, 22, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist. That has denied what? You've denied the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. It doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. The Holy Ghost simply leads it very simple. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Because the Son is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Then glorified back to the fullness of the glory of the Father. <laughs> well, whosoever is born of God knows the doctrine of Christ. 1 John 5 verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That revelation of Christ, that he is the Father. And you find that the first tenets of faith from Peter, who had the revelation of Christ, thou art the Christ, when Jesus asked the disciple, who do men say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ the Son of the living God, not a Christ. You are the Christ. You are the Father of glory. You are the Lord that should come into the earth. You are that Emmanuel, God with us. You are that man that is God manifest in the flesh. The Son, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus he said, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee. Call me by his earthly name. But my Father which is in heaven, thou art Peter. That Petros, peace of the rock, that rock is Christ. 
the rock that followed them out of Egypt. And that rock was Christ, Paul said. That revelation of Christ, you are Christ, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That Son is capitalized. Why? Because it's deity. It's the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. It's not the Son revealed. It's the Father revealed. And there is where you get the real revelation of Christ. Christ is the Father. Peter had that revelation. How great a revelation is it? It's the foundation for the whole church. So what the Satan has had deprived the body of Christ with deceptions, moving it over the foundation to be that's the Son of God manifest in the flesh. No, it's not the Son of God manifest in the flesh. The Son of God is the Father manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 John 10.30 I'm my Father of one. John 14 See me, you've seen the Father. How sayest I then? Show us the Father, Philip. John 8.24 Except you believe that I am He, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. And many other places, on and on. That he is God. He is the Father of glory. There, Peter has that revelation of the true Christ, the Father revealed. Emmanuel, God with us. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Who is that? Isaiah 9, 5 says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall rest upon his shoulder. As some... Uh, of the transcripts will say shoulders, but the only government that sat upon Jesus' shoulder was the cross. That's his government. And his name shall be called Wonderful, only use of God, full of wonder. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, not the everlasting Son. The Son, he said, things concerning me have an end. Speaking of the body of his flesh. He is the everlasting Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Yes, He is the everlasting Father. And that is what you have to confess for the sealing of Christ. That's the bottom line. That revelation has to be there because Christ is your sealing. Now, there's various levels of that sealing. Yes, but it's all Christ. Without that revelation, it's impossible. Impossible. They have the sealing of Revelation 7. It's impossible. Because it is Christ, in Christ, by Christ, and through Christ, that we are sealed by that Holy Ghost unto the day of redemption. But there are different levels. Sure there is. But the major revelation is who he is. Those that come to must come to God must believe that he is. God, and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Christ, that revelation of Christ is your seal. Now, Peter had that revelation given to him in Matthew 16. Who did he then say that I am? Well, I the son of man am. Well, some say you're, you're John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But Jesus asks a point-blank question. Who do you say I am? The I am that I am. The God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Exodus 3, who am I? 
And Peter said, Thou art the Christ. You are that God that would be manifest in the earth. You are the Father of glory revealed in that flesh. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, capital S. Simon bar Jonah, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter upon this rock, that revelation of Christ. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind upon earth shall be bound, upon, bound in heaven. What you will be loosed upon earth shall be loosed in heaven. Peter tells us who that is and expounds more on it in his epistle. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 11 said, The Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That Spirit is the one Spirit of God, which is Christ, which was in them. Somebody said, yeah, but that's not the man. Yes, it is. Somebody said, well, the man's not God. Yes, he is. Flesh and blood can't enter into the kingdom of God. That's the reason Jesus died on the cross <laughs> and shed his blood. A spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see me have. Didn't say flesh and blood. Said flesh and bone as you see me have. The revelation of Christ is what God is giving now to his body. Those that have an ear to hear, there is no other revelation. Somebody said, well, my denomination preaches this. Forget your denominations. Forget the uh, bishops, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Forget that. Thank God for them, but seek the Lord on your own. Have that personal knowledge of him. Adding to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, uh, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, which will cover a multitude of sins, which is not love. Charity is a love for God based in doing his will in obedience to his word. Charity is much more than just love. Agape, love for God. Those that love me, keep my commandments, God said. And charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because it's through obedience. Charity is not dead. Grace is not just dead grace. Grace is an effectual working of the Holy Ghost upon your heart. And it's outward reflection in life manifest in the works that accompany salvation. Not your works, but the works that accompany salvation, which is in and of Jesus Christ himself, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who is this? Who is this? Peter had this revelation of Christ. He was given that rock. He would be the one that had to preach on Pentecost because he was given the keys to the kingdom. He will be the one in Acts of second chapter that will preach along with the other 11, all standing together in unity of the faith. And we find that he said in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, capital S, which was in them, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ, not Christ Jr., meaning that Christ the man was Christ God Almighty, the Spirit. One and the same. Emmanuel, 
the only man that you could bow down to and not be in idolatry because he is God manifest in that flesh. Jesus received worship. If you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, no man can bow down before you and worship you because you're not God. You may be a son or a daughter of God, but you're not God. We're just servants of the Lord. How then? You can bow down before Jesus and not be in idolatry because he is God manifest in the flesh. That's the reason they're going to stone Jesus. They said, Jesus said, not David was in you and the Son of God. They said, for a good work we stone you not, but thou being a man, make us thyself God. For this reason we stone you. They knew what the Son of God meant. There, Jesus, being the Christ, in the days of his flesh, he is, that man is God. Not just God manifest in flesh, but God made. Now, that flesh didn't transmute into spirit. The spirit, spirit didn't transmute into flesh because that which is spirit is spirit. That which is flesh is flesh. But God made himself of no reputation to take on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Who is that servant? Isaiah 43.10 has given us a revelation of Christ. The true Christ. The real Christ. It's not being preached very many places. Hardly do you find the revelation of Christ in the earth. Just as Jesus said, when I come, shall I find faith in the earth? Isaiah 43.10 states, Thus saith the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, the Tetragrammaton, Jehovah, Jehovah, Yahweh, Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. He added to himself the form of that servant. Who is that servant? That you may know and believe me and understand that I, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. He's the only God that formed himself a body of flesh and blood. I am the Lord God thy Savior. The Lord thy Redeemer, beside me there is no other God. You'll read that in Isaiah 43, 10 through 15, 16. Now you're getting the revelation of Christ. Now you can get to that point of sealing that God is doing in the final level of growth in the body of Christ for the work of the ministry in the last days when this gospel will be preached of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom of God will be preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. God is calling his body out right now for that. For that purpose, right now. But we have to have the revelation of Christ and be established in that revelation of Christ. And if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. 2 John 9. It is so important to have the revelation and know who Christ is. Because Christ is a seal. There's no other way. There is no other seal. Christ is the Holy Ghost. In 1 John 2.22, John tells us, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Well, Peter's already said, that's the Spirit. Only one Spirit. Well, the Spirit is mm, the Lord Jehovah. 
Elohim, El Shaddai, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. All these are various titles of that one spirit, depending upon the function of that spirit. But there's only one spirit. One spirit. Not two, not three, just one. The expressed image of that singular person. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. He is the express, not expressed. The express image of his person. Only one person. You want to see him? Look at Jesus. There's not another one. There, John states, just as Peter did, Christ is that spirit. First, Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. And Christ is the man. The man is the spirit, spirit revealed in the man. But that man, God, well, he made himself with no reputation to redeem us under the law. Then went back to that former glory. Right back, glorified by the Father's own self. Now he says, I'm not going to pray the Father for you, John 16. You ask in my name, I say not, I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because he is the Father revealed. He said, before this time, I spoke to you in Proverbs. But now, I speak no more in Proverbs. I'll show you plainly of the Father, which is Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate. 1 Timothy 6, 15-16, made both Lord and Christ. Acts 2, 36, that man made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, how many spirits are there? One, not spirit junior, not God junior, not God uh, second person. No, false teaching of Christ. There's only one Christ. When you have that revelation of Christ, you've got the revelation of God, you've got the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus. The unveiling of him. The apocalypse. The apocalypse. The unveiling of Jesus. That he is doing and sealing his people now for those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches. The revelation that we must have is Christ. Now there's going to be different levels in that glory, in that sealing. As long as we continue on, he is the author and the finisher of that faith. But faith goes from faith to faith, from glory to glory. But who's doing it? Christ is doing it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not you, but living by the faith of the Son of God in and manifest in and through you. Revealing his Son through you. What's the Spirit? God manifests in the flesh. The Spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, with that said, there's going to be four different beginnings of glory, three different levels that you will grow into. Now, to understand that uh, the Son of God is the Father revealed, you have to have that basic revelation of Christ. If you have questions, be sure and contact us. We will answer any question we can to help you in the knowledge and the height, depth, length, and width of Christ because that is the height. He's God. He is the Father of glory. The depth, he became a man. He died. He rose his own body, went back to his former glory. Now the length and width, he's in you. He's in the body of Christ. That's the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. That's very simplistic terms, but that is 
Everything in the word of God is written of him. And dividing the book, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me. Me is God that has prepared himself a body of flesh and blood that will be glorified to the praise of his glory, which has been the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world in Ephesians 1, to bring many sons unto glory, gathering all things together in one in Christ Jesus. That's the will of God from the foundation of the world. That's his will. He's definitely doing it. Now, he's calling us out now, calling us out of the different denominal beliefs, the heresies and doctrines uh, uh, there of men into the real, true doctrine of Christ that the body will come together as one in the unity of the faith. Not a denomination, but in the unity of the faith, one mind, one accord, and to the knowledge of the Son of God, Ephesians 4.12. He's preparing us for the work of the ministry now. Now let's talk about the four levels in Christ. Now after you know who Christ is, he is the Father of glory. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He is uh, that Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Father of glory, literally in that body of Christ. There is no other spirit. And there's only one, one spirit. God is a spirit. How many spirits are there? One, not three, one. Only one person of God, Jesus Christ. Not two, not three. When you have that revelation, now you're getting established in, in that mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, Colossians 2, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why did God hid it? He said, I'm speaking to you in parables. John 16. Why? That you seek for him with all your heart. That's the day you find him. Not half-heartedly. Not the spirit of the world in our hearts where we cannot know uh, the work of God from the beginning to the end but the Spirit of Christ, Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Father in you, the Spirit of the Son, which is the Father, Christ in you, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Colossians 2, 1 through 9. Let no man spoil you through this vain philosophy, rudiments of the world, not after Christ, extradition of men, vain, this vain philosophies, the philosophy of this and that, as a way that seemeth right to the man. And there of the ways of death. Just believe God. God said, you know it, believe me and understand. Isaiah 43, 10, I am he. I am that servant. You're well on your way for the sealing that God is doing now. Don't be deceived. And he said, let no man deceive you by any means. There's going to be many that come and say, I am Christ. And shall deceive many. The wrong revelation. An antichrist. Something in lieu of Christ. It'll seem right to a man, but then there are the ways of death. Lean not to your own understanding. Believe God. You know, believe and, and understand and believe me, God said. Isaiah 43, 10. I am he. I am that servant. I am the Lord God, your Savior. I am the Lord, your Redeemer, God Almighty. Emmanuel, God manifest in the flesh. Now the Son of God is the Father revealed. Now you have that revelation of Christ. Now, there's different levels in that. There's different levels of glory. And we're going to see that. We'll see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. Now, we start out as newborn babes. 
We desire than sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. But the babes, the babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Hebrews 5. But we're going to grow. Strong meat below to them that are full age, weaned from the milk. When as a child, Paul said, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things. It was different gross. And uh, that inner man, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Though the outward man perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day and grows. There, we find that first level is babes. But we don't stay babies. Then we grow. In 1 John 2.12, it says that I write unto you little children. They're not babies anymore. They're little children. I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. You're born of the water and the spirit. Acts 2.38. And I write unto you little children because you've known the Father. You know the Christ. You know that Jesus is the Father of glory revealed. Those are little children. Not full grown yet. But that's definitely a level of sealing. Now, when we see that, also called as kings and priests unto the Lord our God, you'll see that in Exodus 28. If you look at Exodus 28, you'll see in verse 9 that the first engraving, that engraving is a, is a sign, a signet, a sign of ownership. And it's an engraving of an engraver. God said, I have you engraven in the palms of my hands. He's loved you with an everlasting love. Nothing can separate you from the love of God except you. And you see in verse 9, Exodus 28, we're seeing the garments of the high priest. The garments of glory and beauty. Now we're called as kings and priests. And notice there's going to be three different levels of growth here. Just as there are three different ceilings in Christ. It's all Christ. Christ is a seal. But there's levels of growth. The Holy Ghost is that ceiling. Sealed by the Holy Ghost through the day of redemption. But there's different levels of growth in that particular season that we're in. So therefore, when we're babies, according to the birth, we find in verse 9, we find the first engraving under the garments there for the high priest. And we see, verse 9, And thou shalt take two onyx stones, onyx means to blanch or to make white, and grave on them the names of the children of Israel. Six of their names on one stone, and the other six names on the rest of the other stone, according to their birth. Make a note, in Exodus 28, 9, is birth. Now that's the first level. We were newborn babes in Christ. Our sins are forgiven for His namesake. Then from there to little children, John says, not only your sins are forgiven, I write to you little children, because you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. And my Father are one, John 10, 30. You've seen me, you've seen the Father, John 14. John 8, 24. Except you believe I am He, the Father. You shall die in your sins. 
you understand that he is the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. Do you understand he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, and is to come? The Almighty, Revelation 1, 8. On and on and on. You understand that he's God. He is the Father. Well, now you've grown from babies to little children. That is still Christ, but it's a higher level of glory. You're going from glory to glory. Now we're going to go to another level. Now it's according to the birth. Now there's going to be another engraving. Engraving of an engraver. Who's doing that? God is. And it's imputed to us for righteousness sake. Through faith. Not having my own faith, which is of the law, but the, the faith, the, the righteousness of God by faith. And we see that again in verse 21 that the breastplate of judgment, this is have diversities, different color stones with different names on there. The birth stones, onyx stones, were all one color, no respect of persons according to the birth. But according to the working, God has differentiation in there, different callings, different ministrations, one spirit, and always remember, only one spirit, but different callings, different ministrations, but one one spirit. And we see that with the different color stones in the breastplate of judgment and different names of the tribes of Israel according to their name, according to their work. If it's according to their name, the name shows you their essence and work that are to do. Judah, praise. Issachar, my heart, my reward, my buckler, my shield. Zebulun, dwelling in God, God in me. Reuben, see his son, etc., etc. It's according to the name. This is according to the will of God in your life. As for our shadow of things to come. But notice it's another engraving. It's not just a birth and that's it. We see that in verse 21. And the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, 12 according to their names, like the engravings of a signet. Everyone with his name shall there be according to the 12 tribes. Now, this is another, and this is a cunning work. This is a work of the ministry. It's a very cunning work that the Lord will do in the last days, and it will surprise the hypocrite when he does his work, his strange work, and brings to pass his act, his strange act. Now, that's for another podcast, but we'll get into it here. But notice, there is another sealing there, another engraving, another sealing according to a signet. Sign a loftog. And then there's still another one. Now, we see that also in 1 John 2, verse 12 through 14. John does not, the Apostle John does not stop at little children or he goes on to young men. He doesn't stop at little children. I write you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. You're born again. And you've known the Father. Now you have a greater revelation. You know that Jesus is the Father. Now you're little children. You've grown. Now you're little children. But there's another engraving here according to the work of the tribes, according to their names. Another engraving. Not according to birth, but according to the tribes. In Exodus 28. Well, and we see that in verse 21. Well, that's the same thing John said in his epistle, 1 John, 
2, verse 12 through 14, I write unto you, young men. You've grown now from little children to young men. Another stage or level of glory. Same Christ, not a different Christ, not a different Holy Ghost. Same Christ, same work, not your work. Simply attributed to you by faith. By grace, through faith, it's attributed to you. Not of your works, lest any should boast. Now, writing you, young men. Why? Because the word of God is strong in you. And I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. They're overcomers. So now we see that the overcomers are young men, grown quite a bit from times that they were little babies or little children. There's another level of growth. We see that in Exodus 28, which are type and shadow for us of things to come. We're seeing that according to the differentiation in the tribes. Another engraving of an engraver, an engraving of a signet, a sign. Sign is a seal, a laptop. And it doesn't stop there. It's the final one in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. Second and third chapter, you have the overcomers. Those are the young men that John is talking about in his epistle, 1 John 2, 12-14. But he doesn't stop there. There is another ceiling, an apocalyptic ceiling for the final growth state in the body of Christ, which is the final level of glory in Christ. Not of us, but through him, by grace through faith, attributed to us for righteousness' sake. And that is fathers. I write unto you fathers, John says, 1 John 2, verse 13 and 14, I write unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. Him's from the beginning is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Now, what does that mean? The fathers know him. They know that work of God, and now they're in a full season growth, not in Pentecost, but tabernacles. A tabernacle season, excuse me, much higher season, a higher level of glory than Pentecost. And all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. They, the fathers, know him that's from the beginning. They know that word. They know the work of the ministry. They know the work of God. That's the final sealing of fathers, not a capital F, a small F. So you've gone from babies to little children to young men to fathers. God is calling us to fathers now, to those that have an ear to hear, they will be the last day body of Christ coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man that will preach the everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations and then the end will come. Those are the various levels. You'll find that also alluded to in the high priest in Exodus 28, first according to birth, then according to the work 
according to the tribes. Then the final, you'll see there in verse 36 of Exodus 28. And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grave upon it like the engravings of a signet. There's a sign sealing again the aloft time. Sign, S-I-G-N, aloft tall, E-T. And that holiness to the Lord, all capital letters. That is going un- of obedience unto righteousness, yielding the fruits of holiness. This will be a holy people in the last days. And we'll be liars and cheaters and backstabbers and complainers and provokers, prov- uh, provoking God to jealousy. These are the ones that are pure before the Lord and perfect before the Lord, striving to enter in that straight gate, pressing toward the mark for that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. God is doing it now. We're nothing except obedient servants of the Lord, not of our righteousness or our holiness, that God is saying it's time for the sealing of his people. Lift up, spare or not. And we're doing that. To those that have an ear to hear, where do you put that that uh, pure gold and that the engravings of holiness to the Lord? Verse 37, Thou shalt put it on a blue lace, that it may be upon the mitre, upon the forefront of the mitre shall it be. And where is it? And it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, verse 38. Well, the forehead is that final sealing in Revelation 7. All we're saying there is that God is doing this now. It is the revelation of Christ that is your sealing. There's different levels there, yes. But it's all Christ, in Christ, and through Christ. Not of us, not of any works, lest any man should boast. Don't let any man tell you, you can't come into perfection not a not uh, Jesus and die for the sins of the world. No, of course not. But what he leads you to unto all truth, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man in Ephesians 4.12, that he's given you some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And somebody tells you you can't do it when Jesus says you can neighbor, don't mess out. God's doing it now. We're simply obeying God, running with what he's told us to do. And we'd love to hear from you. If God's dealt with your heart, give us a call. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You have questions? Certainly. You can mail, email us there. Meet us on the website, sealinggodspeople.org, uh, dennisbeard.org. We'd love to hear from you. Until the next time. This is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.